0: The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Welcome to this week's edition of the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. I'm Stephen, joined by the ever insightful Rodrigo Lopez and Ugla the Mock's very own Rand Bellavia, as we dive into the world where cities vanish into oblivion and displace number one. Explore the galaxy's greatest tales in 2000 AD and navigate the dark, intoxicating pathways of night people. And we're going to wrap up this show with a ride through the uh, heart-filled, hilarious saga of Shirtless Bear Fighter, Volume 1 from Image Comics, where fist-fighting bears meets epic storytelling. So sit back, relax, and let's embark on this adventure together. It's the Major Spoilers Podcast number 1063, and it begins right now. Yes, we are here this week, minus Matthew, family situation that he's dealing with, so uh, we are, um, yep, we're sending our thoughts out to him this week. But Rand is here this week. Hello, Rand. Hello. I'm glad that you're here. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure you don't have a whole lot uh, of new things to talk about, and you have your upcoming uh, um, festival that you've got, right?
1: Yes, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, uh, my, my band Via Bella is going to be the uh, music guests of honor at FENCON in Dallas, Texas. And that is next weekend, not this weekend. Uh, it'll be the, the 23rd to the 25th of February. And again, that's in Dallas. Uh, the website is FENCON.org. Uh, and uh, we'll be performing uh, uh, concerts with unique sets on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
0: Very nice. I'll be very nice. Meet some, meet some workshops, so yeah, we'll be keeping uh, pretty busy. Oh yeah, I'm excited about, uh, what's one of the workshops that you're doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing a workshop on, uh, uh, basically, like, uh, it's an arrangement workshop, like, kind of arranging songs for live performance. But I've kind of folded in a, a new element about, uh, like, just basically, like, rehearsal versus practicing and kind oh, of, like, okay. practice techniques. Like, a lot of people, you know, the the, the the popular phrase is practice makes perfect. And, you know, I really am a firm believer that practice makes permanent like if you, mm, you know, yeah, the yeah. way you sure. practice yeah. is, I mean, obviously we all have a limited amount of spoons. And so, you know, like it's better to practice badly than not practice, but, you know, like, you know, just, you know, if, if you know, if you're going to perform standing up, for God's sake, practice standing up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the thing. Um, how, and, come, uh, how come you don't, how come you don't teach in the music department, Rand? Oh, um, I, I mean, honestly, cause I don't have the.
1: You know, like uh, pretty much everything I, I know about music is is intuitive. Uh, you know, like I don't really—I mean, I'll be honest—I don't really understand theory. Um, uh, it's kind of—it's like asking, like you know, it's kind of like asking a, uh, you know, if if I was at a place where they had a program where it was like you know songwriting or you know more uh, loose music stuff, sure. But most music programs are like you know they want you to be able to teach music theory and things like that, yeah. and that's just again it would be like asking a, a, thing. a novelist to to you know. To, to write about, like, you know, you know, the, the inner construction of writing or, you know, or language. Yeah,
0: yeah. I get and it. So I get it. What what Rand it. is really saying, ladies and gentlemen, is it's beneath him. <laughs> no, I'm,
1: no just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, honestly, I, wish, I wish I had been made to take, like, piano lessons as a child, you know, because no. I, I do feel like I don't, you know, like I said, a lot of what I do is, is, is intuitive, which is, it's great. And that's why, like, I work really well with Adam English, because Adam is someone who his father was, like, you know the president of the New York State School Music Association, and oh, you know okay. he took piano lessons from the time he could, you know, stand up, and he, you know, w- you know was really into the theory, and 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 yet he doesn't, and so you know, whereas I'm the one who's breaking the rules, and he's the one that's explaining the rules to me, you know, and so I together see. we we work really well.
0: Okay, cool. So I want to give a little bit of a teaser here uh, this week on the Top Five Podcast coming up on Thursday slash Friday. Rodrigo and I sit down and we talk about our top five musicals. And Rand, I understand that you actually wrote like a rock opera at one point.
1: Well, I've, I've, I've written more than one. I mean, but yes, uh, you know, there is. I mean, uh, Ugo the Mock, of course, did write. We have a monkey rock opera called Smell No Evil that yeah. came out in you know, 2001 or something. But I did write, I guess what yeah, what I refer to as a mini rock opera. Uh, which was uh, this would have been in the '90s when I was in library school when I was getting my master's in library science. Uh, there was an assignment where y'all had to like pick an area, like a non-book area of librarianship, and do a 20-minute presentation on it. And I actually missed the day in <laughs> class. I skipped the day in class where everyone picked, and so uh-huh. when I got there, the only thing left was pamphlets. <laughs> this tells you oh, what this was. That pamphlets were still a thing. Uh, you know, the internet was young. And so I uh, and so I was I had to give a twenty minute presentation on pamphlets, and the professor said, "You know, I I grade really highly on you know uh, creativity. Creativity is king." And so I wrote a twenty minute mini rock opera about pamphlets, and I got up there with my guitar and performed this thing. Um, And then the the funny thing is that like uh, ten years later, I was teaching in the program in at at the University of Buffalo, yeah, uh, the library school program, and I actually one day. Uh, before class, I overheard some students talking about some lunatic who, in the past, had performed a rock opera about pamphlets, and they had no idea that that I was the person that was
0: that they were talking did, did about. You, that, did you Did you tell them? Did you like set, oh, quietly uh, yeah. sneak up behind them, and then when they're like, "Can you believe yeah. that guy?" and then you're like, lean in and say, "I know it was me." Yeah. If if
2: they were in a library, that would have definitely happened when they like pull a book out and it just like ran space behind it. <laughs> hey, guess what, kids?
0: So yes, where 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 can people find this fantabulous rock well, opera I about mean, the, uh, pamphlets?
1: Yeah, I will admit the the entire rock opera has been lost to the ages. Uh, oh, boo! But uh. during during isolation, uh, you know, like many of us, I was going through old piles of things, you know, like, you know, paperwork and whatnot. And I found it, you know, within a pile of of notes, you know, like of lyrics and stuff, I found the lyrics and the chords to like the intro piece to the rock opera. And I was amazed that I remembered the melody, like, even though I never recorded it, it was like right there for me. And so I started performing that uh, along with Aaron, I kind of arranged it uh, for two voices and and we started performing it and our online concerts And then I ended up writing a new intro piece for it that, that, you know, I wrote that in like 2021 or something. And we started uh, performing it because it's a fun story to tell on stage and it's an absurd uh, piece of music. And so, and I did, uh, we are going to have uh, Via Bella's live in Germany album uh, will be coming out uh, in March and, uh, and, and uh, we're gonna, and we, that this pamphlet's intro is indeed on the album. And so uh, you're all going to get to hear an advanced version of it, I think.
0: Yeah, let's take a listen to this right now. Here is 1 20th of the mini rock uh, opera uh, uh, about pamphlets. This is the intro. Take a listen.
1: What should we do? What should we do? What should we do with the pamphlets? If you've got some information that you need disseminated Cogent or instructional with data that will soon be dated And must be laconic in a paper format We can all agree you'll need a pamphlet for that Look out! There's an emergency And nobody knows what to do All the librarians in the library And the paraprofessionals Are running around waving their arms in panic Bracing each other in fear The whole circulation desk's covered in pamphlets. There's no room to store them all here. It's not that they've run out of room on the shelves, just that they do not stand up by themselves. Pamphlets get damaged when placed next to books. They're fragile and tempting to library crust. Pamphlets are unbound and oblong and not made to last. What
0: shall we do? What shall we do? What shall we do with the pamphlets? Um, I'm kind of interested, Brandon, you digging through your notes again and finding the rest of that and piecing it back together. Yeah. I,
1: cause well, like I said, it was weird that I found that and I didn't find anything else. And I, I know that, um, I know like I I worked on some of this with Adam because I know that there's uh, like the, the larger piece of music that kind of like the, the recurring theme or, you know, musically we ended up, cannibalizing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh using for we we have a song called spot the cat which is like a it's a musical setting of uh data's poem that he wrote ode to Spock or Ode mm-hmm. to ode to spot that is uh, about his cat and uh in in that the theme of that you know musically was taken you know like we uh, took it from from this but yeah I I don't have like I said yeah for whatever reason I don't have the lyrics to that anywhere and I don't really you know, it's kind of fallen out of my head. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, mean I have. To, that means that the intro is probably the best part. You know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> let's be
0: honest. Um, All right, so there is one other thing that's been. Uh, uh, I don't know. People go look up Rand Bellavia on Facebook. Um, this last week, or I guess it's within last week, Rand posted a picture of himself, a very young Rand at the age of twenty-one. Uh, reading Kurt Vonnegut's brand new hocus pocus while on a bus to New York, um, and this picture of you, Rand. I don't know what, but it screams like this guy probably busks on weekends. Did were you ever a busker?
1: Um, I, I mean, you know, never like seriously, you know, what I mean? like I wasn't like you know, like I never was like trying to make my living as a busker. Yeah. I certainly. Uh, uh, and Honestly, I, you'll appreciate this. I used to perform uh, outside of uh, a comic book store in Buffalo,
0: yeah.
1: uh, with with the blessing of the uh, uh, you know the owner, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I do my silly songs about you know superheroes, uh, you know, out, outside the store as people look, particularly on, on uh, you know on the earliest free comic book days. Uh, I, I... you know, that, you know, as a celebration of that.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I've got a friend who is retiring very soon, and he, is, he has decided he's going to travel the country in a van, right? He's going to build out his van yeah. to uh, to have that van life going. And one of the things that he's been doing on a quite regular basis is going around town busking just to, you know, because he's a musician and he loves doing it. And he's like, listen, if I could make 20, 30 bucks a day, I've got my meals taken care of. And I, mm-hmm. it's something that keeps me practicing as you're talking about practicing. And, uh, keeps the creative juices going. So I was, I, I saw that picture. I had him yeah, in my mind. And then I saw this picture of you, yeah. Lord 21 Rand. Um, yeah. I would, yeah, it it's, like a uh, long time ago. yeah, it was a long time ago. I, I look at myself at 21 and I don't recognize myself. So very cool. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, yeah. Go ahead. How old are you? i say it out loud. I, uh, have no I am. Yet. I was born in 1970. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah. this, so you so you and Adam are
1: the same age. Yeah. Um, I I was born in 1969. So
0: Yeah. You, know, you are very close to the same age as my friend who's retiring and wants to do the van life. So, uh, yeah. He was born in 65. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rodrigo was born seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it, right? He's got that fresh baby face.
2: Yeah. No, I, I was born in 83. So I'm... All of forty. Oh wow!
1: But that's the thing. Once you once you hit forty, then the age difference doesn't really matter. Either. No, it, it, doesn't. Really, it, really it
2: doesn't. It honestly know. hasn't mattered for a very long time, especially because uh, for a long time we had uh we've had several younger co-hosts on the show, so mm-hmm. they inherited the title of kid a long time ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's uh, for me. I have always been comfortable with people much older than me. Uh, you know, even 10 to 15 years older than me, like one of my good friends in college was at least, a. I I think Brian's about a decade older, right? Isn't he about a decade older than, than me? I think he is or seven years at least. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it age does not bother me in the least like it does yeah. other people, but there you go. Uh, Rand, where can people find more of, uh, Bellavia music? Yes.
1: Uh, well, you can. Uh, our our uh, our last album uh, and and our new album, once it's available, uh, will be uh, the, w- the way to get it both digitally and um, on CD. Would be through going to band- our Bandcamp page, which is via Bella Band at Bandcamp um, Also, our first album is also certainly available wherever you stream music. You know, if you go to, uh, um, you know, wherever you know Spotify or YouTube mm-hmm. or Apple Music or wherever. Uh, you can, you can get our, our, first album is called the way of beauty and our, our new album, which will, I said should be out in, in March, uh, is, is going to be called live in Germany. Uh, Very and cool. guess where we recorded it. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, and that, that should be, uh, you know, I'm going to get that loaded up to Bandcamp soon. So, uh, it probably will be out in early March, but it'll pre-orders will probably be available, uh, you know, as early as next week.
0: All right. Very cool. Uh, dear listeners, what'd you think of pamphlets? Do you want to, you want to, uh, get ran to, uh, go down a, a, spiraling hole of madness to, to bring this full thing to life. Then head over to our discord channel. Uh, you can talk about this or anything else that's on your mind at the major spoilers, discord server. You can join for free. We'd love to see your, uh, your face, join our growing community of awesome spoilerites. Uh, there is a, I think there's a music channel. If not, we should create a music channel. Uh, but there is a link in the show notes and all sorts of fantabulous gifts Awaiting your arrival. All right, that is out of the way. Let us do some reviews. Looks like I'm first this week. Uh, Boom Studios is releasing The Displaced Number One from Ed Brisson or Brisson and Luke Casalaguida. Uh, it is out this week, and the premise is interesting. It here's the thing: it, it feels like a premise that I have seen somewhere else before. But I went to try and track it down, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So it's disappeared into ether, which is interesting because this is a story that takes place in, in, Can- in Canada where um, in the middle of the night, three, three people that we meet are outside the city limits of uh, Oshawa. And they're doing various things. One woman is up at two in the morning because she needs to go get diapers for her kid. And so her husband's at home. Another guy is on his way back from a, uh, from seeing his dad or on his way to see his dad, who is an invalid and is going downhill. And the third guy is a guy who is trying to get out of Oshawa. And as the story progresses, there's a huge earthquake. And when people get to the city limits of Oshawa, there's just a giant hole and people are like, Oh my God, a giant sinkhole has swallowed the entire city of 170,000 people. And to be honest, living in Western Kansas where we do have sinkholes because of, uh, taking out the groundwater, I am often terrified that this entire city is going to be sucked in by a Mm -hmm. giant sinkhole. Right. And so this kind of, first of all hit home to me and I was like, well, 170,000, certainly a lot more people than, than where I live, but everybody, you know, there's no rescue efforts going on. And then, um, a couple days later, we, we check in with the woman who, uh, whose baby and husband were at home when this incident happened. And she's like, yeah, my husband's parents, uh, kept calling me, uh, nonstop telling me that why wasn't I home? They're trying to blame me for, for all of this and, and thinking that I'm sleeping around. And then yesterday they just stopped calling and I don't understand why. And then eventually, uh, and another event happens where they all go back to the site of the city and it's just an empty field. No sinkhole, no nothing. And the crazy old man shows up and the guy from uh, that was going to go see his his dad shows up. And the crazy old man is uh, the reason why people aren't talking about this on the news anymore and why people have moved on is because every time this event happens, people completely forget about everything. And he mentions, you know, these other cities that this has happened with over the years and the premise is that this event happens. It takes up a bunch of, of people. And then everyone, for whatever reason, starts to forget. And we also start to learn by the end of this issue that the, the survivors are also being forgotten. Like the, the guy that went to go see, wanted to go see his dad. He's at a bar and someone's like, I can't remember who, what that guy's name is. And so it's really kind of intense uh, from the story. So I am on board for this thing the entire way just to see what weird, crazy, uh, you know, story that Ed has planned for this. I'm also very concerned that it is going to bump up too closely to my own fears and uh, conspiracy theories, that it might drive me mad. But uh, I'm down for this, and the art is really good, too. I enjoyed the art very, very much. Uh, Just bringing in the heightened, um, you know, on-the-edge feeling that the, that the writing brings in and then showing that in visuals. I, I, I liked it very, very much. So the displace number one is out this week from boom studios. There's a link in the show notes. If you would like to pick it up uh, for yourself, I'm giving this four and a half slices of meatloaf out of five, just enjoyed it just so much. And I can't wait to see what happened to all the missing peoples. So there you go. All right. Coming out next week, Rodrigo, something, you know, last was it last week. Yeah. Last week we were talking, um, the, uh, Strontium dog, which, uh, was yeah. a regular in 2000 AD. And so I, I wonder if that didn't prompt you to pick up uh, 2000 AD Prague 2370 out next week from rebellion publishing
2: yeah definitely two things one, the fact that we did strontium dog and I got to look at 2000 ad again because you know we we had done stuff out of 2000 ad and of course that when I went to look at comics Rand had already called the comic that I was gonna do because <laughs> um, that's, that's
1: really that,
2: <laughs> that's the wavelength that we're in
1: Are we really that would be the third time that's yeah people need to understand there's like 30 comics to choose from and we keep getting the same one that's amazing.
2: Alright, um, so uh, if you don't know, 2008 is an anthology book and has been since it first started coming out in, uh, you know, 300 B.C. Um, in this particular issue, there's one, two, three, four, five stories. Um, so there's a Judge Dredd story. There's a Judge... There's another sort of George Dredd um, adjacent story uh, called The Fall of Dead World. Uh, And then there are three other stories that don't have anything to do with Judge Dredd. They're kind of their own stories. Um, One of them is called Indigo Prime, and the main character is, like, very obviously and pointedly supposed to be Johnny Depp. They just give him a different name. Uh, So... Uh, Johnny Depp is a controversial figure at this point. So I was a little weirded out by it. But um, that one wasn't my favorite anyway. Uh, There's one called Full Tilt Boogie. That one was a lot more interesting to me. Um, Sort of about this young woman exploring uh, these uh, futuristic, strange uh, ruins. Um. While some like dangerous stuff happens kind of the issue is that if if, a lot of the time with these, if you're, if you're like, what happened in this specific part of this specific story? Like a lot of the time, the answer is judge dread noticed that something was happening, right? It's like, Mm, yeah, a lot of time, nothing actually happens because these are actually so short, such short segments um i want to say that like uh, yeah i mean yeah like dark horse presents if you've ever if you had ever read that mm-hmm. uh, it's a similar situation but i feel like 2000 ad is like even more it's like the stories are both longer and like they have longer arcs but have shorter installments um 8 pages each right yeah something like that so it's cool but definitely this is my first jumping back into 2008 stuff. And it's it's jarring to all of a sudden be like, okay, okay, that's interesting. And then have, you know, anywhere from a like very drastic cliffhanger where it's like, okay, clearly we're gonna go to something else, to like a mild cliffhanger, or maybe somebody just saying something that's like evocative, and then you flip the page and you're in a different story. Yeah. Um, I am not going to factor that into my meatloaf rating because obviously this is what this book does. And this is what this book has been doing for, uh, I believe, 2000 actual years. (laughs) So um, I, you know, I can't really, you know, poo poo it for being an anthology book, especially since I like anthology books. So um, there were there were none of these where I thought that the art was bad. In fact, the art is just excellent. In all of these stories. Like um, unlike what we read from way back in the was it 70s, late 80s? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, late. Uh, uh, 80s. Dog.
2: So I'm not 80s, saying that was yeah. bad, but there were definitely a much closer type of art between each of the stories. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like there was kind of a 2000 AD style. Like this really does not have that. Um, In fact, the Judge Dredd story looks very different from the, like, from the Dead World story, which I believe is somehow connected. Um, So, it's interesting. It's interesting because you don't just get, uh, like, you know, five new stories, but you also get five completely different art styles. If there's something you don't like here, it only lasts, like, eight pages, and then you're on to something else. If there's something you like, it only lasts eight pages, but you can just pick it up next uh whenever it comes next out. Week, next, which, every week yeah, next every week. Every week. Yeah. And and that's why I think is like that's why I think it's okay that the installments are so short, is because next week you're gonna have it to read anyway. Um, I'm gonna give it four and a half slices of meatloaf. I really enjoyed it, and getting into two thousand eighty may be something that I end up doing, since again, uh if You guys recall way back in the day, I was like first in line for Dark Horse Presents. Right. Um, That's how I found out about Resident Alien. That's how we actually found out about lots of stories that were coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, this might be how we also find out about future trades because 2008 does that now. They publish these and then they publish the full stories if they're popular, I guess. Um, So, yeah, totally. Good times.
0: Very cool. So 2000 AD issue Prague, uh, 2370 comes out next week in the UK. Oh, okay. But I think there's like a two week delay. I've, I've never really been able to track this down because when they send us the, uh, the review copies, they're like, Hey, here's what's coming out next week. And it's like, is that coming out next week in the UK or is that coming out next week in the United States? And I think there's like a one or two week delay. Um yeah. I don't oh. see it on the 21st list so it may be coming out uh the first weekend I mean, or the last weekend I'm not
1: aware. I don't has it ever been published in the United States I mean I've, I every issue I've gotten has always been as an import
0: Yeah so um yeah. at least from what uh in the last I don't know decade or so since Rebellion has been sending us this stuff it seems like they do send stuff to the United States, but it's got a delay on it. And I think it's okay. also a special order. So I don't think it's like you're going to be able to yeah. go into your comic book shop and pick it up, but definitely on the previews and the GoCollect.com website, uh, they always release, uh, always list the 2000 AD stuff from a bit rebellion when it comes out. So, um, I, I, like this Rodrigo. I like that you're getting into this. Uh, it's really yeah. cool. The cover is really cool with judge dread and judge, I don't know, uh, ghost Rider on the cover judge fire. And or no, it's Judge Death and Judge Fire.
1: Well, I was gonna say it's gotta be Judge Death. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh yeah, and maybe this will lead to some more UK stuff finding its way here onto the Major Spoilers podcast in the near future. So yeah, thank, thank you, you for that. All right. Now we're jumping several weeks ahead. Uh without Matthew sorry. here, uh Rodrigo had to take the obscure comic uh, uh route. Uh but now Rand gets to take Rodrigo's job and pick the thing that's like a month out. And talk to us about Night People number one.
1: Yes. Now Night People Number One uh is written by Chris Condon or Condone right. or, or yeah um uh who we were talking about two weeks ago as the author of that Texas Blood. Mm-hmm. Um uh this this is an adaptation of a novel by uh an author named Barry Gifford. Uh this is another reason why this was intriguing to me is because uh film fans may recognize his name um because he wrote the screenplays for Lost Highway and Wild at Heart, the David mm-hmm. Lynch film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. And so uh and and the idea, my understanding is that this this you know will be a, I think a six-issue series, and each issue will be illustrated by a different artist. Uh this first issue uh, the art is by a guy named Brian Level, who I had never heard of uh, before this. Um, but you know, I will say, you know, with uh, given the description I had read, plus knowing that it was Chris Condon writing an, an adaptation of you know, a novel by the guy that wrote Lost Highway and Wild at Heart, I, I, I kind of went into it expecting something dark, and I was not wrong. Um, uh, the story opens with uh, you have two decapitated bodies, and the police trying to figure out what's going on. And you eventually, you kind of hop around a bit to different characters. You eventually, uh, we settle on two characters, two women, a uh, bet and Cutie. Uh, they both recently escaped from prison and are on a multi-state killing spree. Uh, they are cutting the heads off of men uh, as instructed by what they refer to as the Book of Becoming. It's a sacred text in which... And, and, you know, in which uh, Miss Jesus, as they refer to her, uh, teaches that, and I quote, the female side must desert the male side who done everything wrong from the beginning. Uh, and now it'd, be, okay. now it'd be a good time to say that yeah. Bet and Cutie admit that they, in fact, wrote the book eh. of Becoming. All right. So, um, and there's a lot more going on in this issue, but certainly in, in the first issue, that's the narrative that sticks. You know, the, the pages with Bet and Cutie are certainly the ones that I, that, that caught my attention the most. Um, I will say, uh, you know, in this first issue, it seemed both the story and the art seemed, I guess, unfocused. Like, the, like I said, there's they're throwing a lot of characters against the wall, and I don't really have, I didn't form a lot of memories with any of the storylines except the stuff with with with, with Bet and Cutie. Um, uh, and as far as the art, it's 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 sloppy. Uh, and I like sloppy art, but you know, I really—I would say the only thing wrong with Brian Levels' art style is that I don't particularly like it, if—if if that's fair. Um, like, I wouldn't say that it's bad. Um, it just didn't really speak to me very much. Um, uh, but again, that doesn't really enter into my thoughts on the book, since apparently there's rotating artists. Um, yeah, I guess I—I I was really—I'm curious to know why Chris Condon took this project on. Because I feel like both the, the story and the characters and the dialogue, none of it are as interesting to me as literally everything else I've read from him that he's created. Mm. Um, and I felt like in this issue, there, like I was thinking that well, I would at least be as I kind of was working through it. i was like, well, maybe I'll get some of that that kind of WTF as entertainment energy that we yeah. get from Gifford's work with David Lynch, and even that really was not really there in this first issue.
0: Um. This and has so not I been was, adapted this has not been adapted anywhere else, has it This isn't uh, no, a People. hasn't been turned into a HBO series or something like that
1: no not no, not, not that I'm aware of uh, this was, uh and in fact this is the, like I wasn't aware of of this as a novel until I read about this uh, to read the solicitation for this a few months ago um, but I mean, I will say like all of that kind of uh, negativity uh you know I will probably check out a collection of this. As, I guess Chris Condon has banked a reasonable amount of trust with me, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I've I, I really liked everything I've read from him, and I have to, I just trust that there's a reason. You know, he's not doing this for the money, you know what I mean? It's not like this is, you know, a major, uh, you know, it's from Oni Press, you know, and so I, I'm assuming he's doing this because it's a it's a labor of love. And, he, and, you know, because he wants people like me to read it, you know, like people that are already mm-hmm. like his work with mm-hmm. Texas Blood or Enfield Gang Massacre. Hey, check this out. And, and I am. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, I guess I wouldn't recommend this to anyone who isn't already a fan of his work. Um, but, you know, uh, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, unfortunately I'm going to have to only give it two and a half slices of meatloaf. But I will say that, you know, I will certainly be back for the collection. And I expect that that, that number will probably rise uh, for the for the whole story.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't want to be uh, the person who's just like, oh, they're only doing it for this reason. Um, but I'm I'm also wondering if. And that's why I asked if this was being adapted somewhere else, is if they can get enough hype behind this. Mm-hmm. Right. If there isn't then some plan to say, hey, how about we turn this into because. For whatever reason, yeah. uh, uh, some studios well, would, areas would areas rather areas. read a comic book than read a book. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's easier to, to sell,
1: yeah, to sell a comic uh, to Hollywood. The, but again, though, I would question. You know, Chris Condon doesn't get anything out of that, though. Well, you know what I mean,
0: but uh, maybe he gets a credit out of that, which may be leading to something bigger, or maybe he's attached as a producer uh, yeah. to it or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, he,
1: uh, yeah, maybe he's pitching himself as the screenwriter.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I have uh, no, you know, I have no inside knowledge of this, but it just, right. uh, if I were to say, oh, let me, let me think of some, some reasons, uh, that are not just for a labor of love. And, and I'm not saying that labor of love is not a, a valid reason to do something. Um, but, uh, if I were to say, okay, let's look at some ulterior ulterior I can't even say, uh, speak tonight, ulterior motives behind this. Uh, I might say, oh, this is a starting to be a pitch for, uh, something, something bigger. So I don't know, Fair but uh, yeah, I we have a preview of this over at Majorspoilers.com. If anyone wants to go and uh, check it out ahead of the March 6th release, I think the covers are pretty engaging. But yeah, I think I saw this too, and I saw the two uh, bodies uh, there, and I was like, ooh, this is this is pretty gruesome. Uh, I wonder what Oni Press is thinking, because uh, Oni Press is pretty broad in its offerings, but it, the go-into-the-gory-horror side um, is not... Yeah. You know, that's a small fraction of their stuff.
1: No, and I think, well, ONI has made it, has made a bit of noise over the last couple of months indicating that they want 2024 to be kind of a rebirth year for them. Yeah. You know, I think they you know, they, they kind of came out with a big splash and was it the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did a lot of work with Kevin Smith and a lot of, you know, uh, who was a much bigger deal at that time, of course, to, to get him. And, and they did some interesting stuff and then they kind of went away for, you know, they did uh, White Out, with Greg mm-hmm. Rucka and Steve Lieber, and, and and then they kind of went away. But and it's I feel like uh, the Rick and Morty comic has been kind of keeping them alive.
0: Yeah, but they've you also know? you know they got I don't I don't know what the current situation with Lion Forge Press is because Lion Forge bought them
1: right
0: uh, five five years ago I want to say, but I never see Lion Forge mentioned in anything anymore. So I don't know if they've reestablished themselves as their own thing. But they also tend to be very LGBTQAI friendly in a lot of their titles. And tend to generate some stuff that is more um, YA friendly a lot that I see from them. But that's not to yeah. say that Oni Press doesn't have stuff that is uh, more adult themed. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of surprised that this one is. Usually, yeah, I, I, I just yeah. see a lot of uh, different titles coming from Oni that we we talk about on the on the major spoilers.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think, like I said, I think they're trying to cast a broader, a wider net.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I guess, there's nothing I wrong with that.
1: Shift. Yeah, this isn't a shift toward you know uh body horror i think it's just they're saying we can also do this you know and right, i think you are going to see in 2024 you're going to see more examples of them trying to go in different directions
0: yeah they have one that i'm i'm interested in this is from their april 2024 solicitations uh akugan or Akugun, mm-hmm. uh brutalizer of gods looks really really uh interesting um and then they have what's another one that they have? Night People, of course, uh continues on there. Cemetery Kids Don't Die was another one that I saw, which was kind of like, oh, that one's kind of intense. And then of course Rick and Morty and some other stuff. So yeah, maybe this is them finally getting getting righted and, and heading in a in a direction to keep them keep them going. And of course, uh, Six Gun Fans, Six Gun Omnibus Volume Three comes out in April as well.
1: That's good Anything that keeps these you know, well-regarded small presses afloat is good for the industry. Obviously. Yeah. No, I,
0: I love a lot of the small press, uh, people that yeah. we, that we deal with Oni Oni press is one of them. I, I still consider boom studios, a small press. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think that they are a gold yeah, level at premier, but yeah,
1: There's
0: but I still consider them small, um, dynamite. I still consider small Titan comics. I consider small, um, yeah and i'm getting very excited when i see stuff coming out of mad cave studios they just announced a deal with uh disney today that they're going to be doing more of their like disney animated shows and movies into comic books kind of like what boom studios did 20 years ago um hmm, and so yeah. that's a big feather in their cap too so I'm, I'm very excited to see where a lot of this stuff uh, goes uh from here so absolutely yeah sure. thank you rand for that and dear yeah. listeners If you are looking for more reviews, then all you need to do is point your browser to majorspoilers.com. And while we're in between segments here, now would be a good time to say thank you to everyone who supports the shows and all the shows at the major spoilers podcast network. This week, we are sending huge thank yous out to Nathan and to Nick, two of our newest silver level members. Now, listen, when you are a silver level patron, you get four bonus episodes each month that you're not going to find anywhere else this week on the major spoilers uh, podcast pre-show. We're talking about some of our uh, musicals that are also ran musicals. So you'll want to go check that out. But if you want to go a little bit higher and become a gold level member, you get up to eight bonus episodes each month. Plus you get a true inside look at what it's like to run major spoilers, uh, what uh, other companies probably don't do, but we have one of those coming up. I think this weekend is another uh, major spoilers VIP live chat. So you want to take take part in that. But again, thank you, Nathan. And thank you, Nick. Nick and Nathan. It's like an alliterated alliteration uh shout-out this week. Thank you for signing up. And for the rest of you, if you are not currently a member, join us patreon.com slash major spoilers.
1: All right, and I've let been me, saying let for, me, uh,
0: yeah, go uh, ahead. Go ahead, Rand.
1: i was gonna be out there that, that you guys discussed also Rand musicals, also yep. Rand musicals. Mm -hmm. Yes, we
0: also did that as well. So uh, people will go uh, check that out as well. Get a little bonus stuff in there, uh, too. Now, listen, for a couple of weeks now, I've been saying shirtless bear fighter. I cannot wait to see what kind of craziness and insanity that we see because this guy uh, fights bears naked. And everyone else is like, no, I don't think that's the case, Stephen. I don't think that that this guy fights bears naked. And now I'm just going to sit back while everyone says, you know what, Stephen, you were right. This guy does fight bears naked.
1: It's It wasn't called pantsless bear fighter. Like why distinguish him as shirtless if he's also pantsless? I don't understand it.
0: <laughs> well, apparently uh, as we find out shirtless bear fighter, uh, he's wearing pants just because, you know, to be appropriate a- a- among the city folk. But when he puts on clothes, he loses his powers. So he's got at least, and you know, if he's going to, if he's going to cover up his, 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 uh, his massive uh, sensor bar that they, they do throughout this issue. Uh, then he's going to have to take his shirt off to fight bears. I don't know what you guys thought about this because there's, I looked at this on two very different levels. And the first level is I think the level, and I've went out to read some other people's reviews of this, where they're just like, I don't get it. Is it just dick jokes and memes uh, throughout the entire issue? Is that all it is? And on, on one hand, that's what it is. It is literally just, crazy, zany, you know, melt your brain kind of, kind of humor as you tell a story about a guy who fights bears and then is also trying to save his forest and take down an evil corporation. Uh, while many times in the issue, he's naked and he's got a partner and he's got another guy who, uh, uh, who he, uh, saved back in Nam, all that stuff. So I don't know what Rand or Rodrigo, what you guys thought about just this top level, insanity side of shirtless bear fighter
1: yeah, I, I mean I'll come right I mean, this is one of my favorite kind of comics okay yeah I love childlike absurdity yeah okay and to me I'm always so impressed when an adult human can tap into this you know Art Baltazar taps into this every time he creates something Hmm. Um. Uh. Uh. Yes, Stephen. You're probably old enough to remember the the uh, Bob Burden and Art Adams 1987 masterpiece, Gumby's Summer Fun Special. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite comics of all time. Uh, the Tick does yep, this. Axe yes. Cop. You yes. know, of course, Axe Cop has the cheese written, yeah, written by a kid. He's working yeah. with his six-year-old uh, brother. But um, but like you know, I just I my point is, is that all those examples are things that came out well before shirtless bear fighter. And so, you know, but I'm just a huge fan of, of childlike absurdity. Um, I could do without, you know, the flapping penis jokes, you know, like that doesn't really do much for me to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm offended by it, but it, it doesn't really like I, that doesn't amuse me. Um, (laughs) everything else. I mean, just there's so many, um, Okay, like, my favorite panel in the whole the whole book is uh, when there's, like, a, a bunch of, like, lumberjacks running, screaming from a bunch of bears driving monster trucks. And yeah. one of the, the lumberjacks is, like, bears driving monster trucks. And the other one says, just like the old fortune teller said.
0: <laughs> I mean, there is that kind of stuff. Uh, so, listen. I, mean, I love that. I, I, this is
1: so stupid.
0: I will admit that I like the purient humor of. And, again, you don't, I mean. So everything is censored. So it's not like you're seeing a a giant uh, penis on on the page, but like the recurring joke of he's walking around naked and everyone's like, Oh my God, can you put that thing away? And then he'll like suddenly turn around to answer something that they said. And all you see is his back. And then there's like a, a snap. A sound a effect. sound
2: effect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And everybody, everybody who's standing in front of him, all of a sudden are averting their eyes. Like, oh my god! I know it's, a, I know it's just the lowest form of humor. But every time that that popped up, I laughed. <laughs> I also like the fact that the other one that got me uh, laughing was when shirtless bear fighter is running around the world fighting different bears. So he's fighting bears in the woods, bears in the cities. He's fighting the Chicago bears. He's fighting bears yeah. in San Francisco. And that visual <laughs> e- effect too, also yes. just made me laugh uh, very and, much. So
1: and, and the, the whole, like, you know, the sound effect, you know, bear kick, bear punch. You know right, you right, mean?
0: right. So Rodrigo, talk yeah. about the absurdity, what, what, what you liked or disliked about the absurdity.
2: I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, to me, it's, uh, someone reminiscent uh like the first thing i thought i was like what is this like is actually next wave um oh, i don't yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Yeah, um, yeah i do um
1: out of that but that's perfect
2: yeah it it has that like like it's like what did you do i cursed that captain american what happened you kicked my ass right like that kind <laughs> of uh that that kind of energy uh or like where like
1: like bears out of the,
0: out of the plane
2: <laughs> Yep. Yeah, Sorry. where yeah, he has yeah, where he's like he's like this rustic man living out in the wilderness, and then he decides to catch up to the other guys and he has a jet plane made out of Bears. either made out of or or covered <laughs> in bare skin. In skins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you it's know, nonstop stuff like that, right? And yeah, so, there's <laughs> there's also the sort of like that meme crux of like all of that stuff. It's like uh, shirtless bear fighter is like Chuck Norris jokes yes, and the consistent haunting monstrosity that is the Charmin bears, yes. which have yes. now been, uh, uh, you know, among us for a decade at least. Right. Um, yeah. And a little bit of like, uh, um, like deforestation type uh, yeah. issues.
0: Yeah. So I want to get into that so in the, in the when second you get, part, of it, yeah
2: it's like all of that is brought together. It's like, okay, so we got these things together. How are we going to string them together? And it's like, okay, everybody pretend that this is like a, like it's beautifully drawn, but it's like, pretend that this is a poorly animated adult swim show. And it's like, that's, that's, that's an kind interesting of what take. I feel it
0: because yeah. I, I looked at this. It is like, what if you took the insanity that was like the 1980s action movie, like iron Eagle or Rambo or something like that. And instead of going after, you know, corrupt cops or a, a whole other nation or whatever, it's a guy fighting bears. And to me, this just felt like a lot of the tropes from 80s action movies being brought into this. So that, that's interesting. And, and, I, I, yeah, I, and I guess. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, like, and I'm still, like, kind of reeling a bit from Rodrigo talking about uh, Next Wave because I definitely picked up on the first issue of this just being a humorous retelling of the first issue of transmetropolitan. Oh, okay. You know, where they go into the woods to get the guy who, you know, saved them before and, you know, and him putting pants on is like spider Jerusalem, shaving and cutting his hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's interesting. That's interesting. And so my point is, is that these guys are clearly riffing on Warren Ellis. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. I made that transmetropolitan connection, but once you said uh, next week, it's like, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, even though, it, you know, you would be, you know, you would be forgiven for not making this connection. I think it is there for sure. So yeah, think, yeah, no, definitely.
0: I, I did not, I did not make that connection because I was too busy laughing at uh, at the, uh, oh, what was it, the the hog uh, wizard or whatever from the mountains. Oh God, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Here's the thing. So uh, we've been talking about this. and People are like, I have no idea what these guys are talking about. So shirtless bear fighter tells the story of a, a, a little baby who was found in the woods by bears. Now, these bears can walk and talk and do bear things, uh, but they all live in the woods and they're doing their own thing. And so uh, the family raises the family of bears, raises shirtless bear fighters, one of their own. And he has been sworn kind of like a Mufasa to to young uh, Kimba. Uh, you know, you got to protect these woods. And, uh, you know, of course the real son of the bears is very jealous of this. And as the story progresses, shirtless bear fighter falls in love with a, a, a real woman and she is murdered presumably by his very own, uh, brother, his blood brother. And so shirtless bear fighter, uh, vows from that day forward to fight all bears re- regardless of where they are at. And so that's kind of the premise of who shirtless bear fighter is. It starts out uh, with uh, the, the military, the government coming in and getting Shirtless bear fighter and saying uh, bears are invading everywhere. You must do something about this. And so that then kicks off the adventure until we find out who Mr. Big is. And again, that's why I say it to me it's a very much an 80s thing. Mr. Big happens to be the brother of the woman who Shirtless uh, fell in love with, uh, and he is also the owner of a giant uh, toilet paper factory hence maybe some Charlemagne bear references there. And uh, we also find out that he has employed uh, Shirtless's uh, renegade evil brother to uh, to help take down Shirtless by sending wave after wave of bears after him. We also maybe find out that the head of the, uh, what's it called, Tushiko or something, um, that they, the head of the company, he may have killed his own sister so that he could drive Shirtless insane, so he could get access to the forest of trees to make his new toilet paper, which brings me to the well, second so layer. I love that. Yeah. But there's, there's so much uh, second layer of this, which is so much. Look at how bad capitalism is. Look at how, mm-hmm. as you mentioned already Rand deforestation is a big problem. So on the one hand, you can read this as just straight up humor from top to bottom. But if you dig a little deeper, you're suddenly like, Oh no, this is a commentary about capitalism. Am I wrong there Rodrigo?
2: Oh no, absolutely not. It's it's weirdly what makes it feel real, right? There's yeah, like yeah. there's all this nonsense constantly happening and what grounds it is like yeah, but like this is happening, like forests are being cut down and um companies don't care about the environment. They just pay lip service, but if they can find a loophole then they will just go hog, right? So um it like in this story, you can you can I don't know, trick somebody into reading this by saying like this is a story of a man who has sworn to defend a forest, so his like his brother and the his potential brother-in-law trick him into leaving that forest so that they can destroy it or so that they can then force the inhabitants to give them the rights to that forest, right? Yeah, and in so, fact... Like, that's a thing that happens in this. That's actually kind of the plot of this.
0: Yeah, and, and also, you could also look at it as as, uh, you know, what do colonizers do to the indigenous right. uh, peoples? In this case, it's bears. It's they have enslaved the bears by giving them this, uh, this bacon from this uh, bacon wizard uh, that mm-hmm. brainwashes them into thinking that, oh yeah, well, this guy that's talking about uh, uh, cutting down the trees and turning it into toilet paper and has a mascot of a bear wiping its butt is uh is right. And we should do what they say too. So there's that level as well. In addition to, Oh, this guy's a, a horrible capitalist who, you know, makes the bears bring him a golden toilet when he needs to uh, take a poop uh, while he's monologuing. It's, it's
1: I, well, yeah. And I also, th- I mean, there's the, to me, like, Third level that I did not expect is the heart. Oh, what yeah. I mean is, imagine how I love you know these sorts of comics that you know this kind of childlike absurdity. But most of them are just silliness. You know right. what I mean? And as you guys as you t- talked about, some of them have the silliness, but you know they're also you know they're they're kind of putting a silly sheen over a more serious idea. This has that, but it also has like to me like I was not prepared for the, the sequence where. Shirtless's mother asks Agent Silva where her the, her facial scar came from.
0: Oh, right, right, and right.
1: Out, you know, she went up to the tree to save her cat, and then the cat scratched her, and that's where she got the scar from. Um, but I love you know when she says you know, and then your mother punished her and all this other stuff. And then when she's like you know, and and I learned you know to you know be responsible or whatever. And then she's like, well, you know, what happened with the cat? And it just has a bunch of panels and it shows you know her having this glorious life with this cat. And then and I'm sure this is mother really says to Silva, what I think is like the thematic line of the series, which is sometimes we learn the wrong lessons.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And like yeah. that's way more heart than this story needs or deserves. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, it's perfect, you know. And and I just I was like, I was not like that's such a great page in the middle of this really, really silly story. Well, yeah, and- I know that.
2: Th- Go ahead. That sequence is great because it uh, really introduces us to the core of another character who, if, you know, Shirtless uh, continues to have adventures, we're expected to see. Um, but uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter is uh, kind of embroiled in a like father brother deception plot kind of mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. that can. Be a little tiresome, so it's nice to get like just like a splash of like ladies also talking about their feelings and also talking about their families um and bringing something different to this because um most of the time it takes uh shirtless a long time to to realize that he shouldn't just be angry and, and punching everything, right? That he needs to mm-hmm. think about what's happening and he needs to figure out why these things are happening. Um, so I think it would probably, if somebody wasn't as charmed by the absurdity, they would see, it would take a long time, it would seem like it takes a long time for Shirtless to get what's actually happening, right? Um, right. So it's nice to have this secondary sort of emotional through line uh, as as the uh, you know, basically as the main part of the book kind of unravels into uh big reveals about what actually happened.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So wait a minute, does this book at one point pass the Becknell test? <laughs> because they're not talking about
3: only if the cat in is that conversation.
0: female. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> true, true. We don't know about that, but I mean, yeah, that is, that was, as you said, mm-hmm. right. That was, that's a yeah. moment in the book where you don't expect it grounds the Sylvia character so that we have a better connection with her, and we also learn that valuable lesson of the, uh, you know, people learn the wrong lesson, and then you're like, oh, this is how it applies to the story that oh, we're reading. Right.
1: So yeah, so also the, I can't remember his name. The you know the guy who,
0: yeah, the guy that's know. been through every war. The the colonel well, is that. Who yeah, the guy about? who
1: plays the character who goes to get Rambo at the beginning of every yeah, Rambo yeah. movie. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, you know, but but I thought it was also very interesting that. You know, his betrayal, they don't oversell it or undersell it. And what I mean is that mm-hmm. it's like they don't make it like a bit, they don't go out of the way to punish the character. They don't go out of the way to justify or explain it. They're just like, this is just another guy who's been screwed over by capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, well, and that's the and
1: thing. So that's you're allowed that's to another feel all pity for him, even though he's betrayed the main characters.
2: Yeah. That's, you know? that's definitely another one of those right where you're like oh haha ha, this is all goofy and silly but the fact that th- this is actually happening like a a group coming in taking over the land and then hiring the people of that land to work in factories for pov- like for poverty wages right and it's mm-hmm. like when we get to um to the the agent he's like i'm just tired like i've worked I've been, I fought in every war and no, you haven't, but I fought in every war <laughs> and it's always for the sake of other people. And I never get anything for me. Like nobody ever does anything for me. Nobody appreciates it. I just keep doing stuff so that other people can become rich or so that other people can have whatever. Right. And it's like, when I was reading that, I was like, all right, I don't like, it's like he betrayed them, but like, I don't hate this guy. I get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was,
1: they, they walked that line perfectly. They didn't. You know, they didn't make it maudlin. They didn't make it, you know, you know, over the top. But, you know, but they also, you yeah, know, they, they just kind of left it. And again, it was extremely subtle, given how this story lacks subtlety.
0: <laughs> right. And yeah. so I think that I think that's also if I were to if I were to pick out one problem with this. Is that it is so over the top and all of the promotion that they did in this in 2017, because I remember when we were running it, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this thing? Uh, you look at it and you're like, okay, well, this is a one joke. This is a one joke story. A guy fights bears, right? How far can this go? And this did have a second volume that went seven issues. Mm. um, But I can't, and I don't know if uh, Jody LaHoop, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name uh, right, or Sebastian uh, Gerner, whether they just ran out of ideas after volume two or not. My well, volume two just came out. Uh, it just came out. Yeah. Um, last year. Uh, but you know, that's I mean, like I mean, five, this almost five,
3: 2022.
0: Like, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, 2022 is good. when the second volume started. It just wrapped up at the end of February, 2023. So, um, oh, yeah, right. So, and yeah. only one of the writers is involved. Um, right. I think, I don't think Sebastian Gurner's involved in the sequel. No, it's, it's Jody Hip or hip hoop. Um, it, it, no. here, here, here's, here's the thing. I think people look at this, especially this first volume and just gave it a big pass because they thought it was just a one joke premise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that caused people to pass and miss up, miss out on a story that is, yes, on the surface level is the one, one joke, but then you've got a second and third and deeper thoughts into this that I think. Really, when I hit that moment where I was like, "Oh no, this is about this is a story about capitalism, deforestation, all this stuff," it really changed how I was looking at this book. And I wonder if this book wouldn't be more popular, and we wouldn't be seeing like a movie being made out of it or a cartoon show made out of it. Or there's plenty of merchandise of shirtless bear fighter out there, but I wonder if it wouldn't be more popular if people had given it a chance and looked at it beyond just the surface level and so that's kind of my biggest complaint about this
1: no and this is well this is exactly it's kind of like you know it's easy to as a musician it's easy to get a novelty hit but then no one can ever take you seriously you know like you're like you know you're Mm -hmm. just going to be you know jill Solbule will forever be the girl that wrote that i kissed a girl song even though she's an astonishing songwriter but no Mm -hmm. one will care you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um you know, so and it's the same sort of thing that it's like, you know, this got them a tremendous amount of attention. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone, yeah. you know, anyone who's into comics is aware of the concept of shirtless bear fighter. But you're right. You know, but be- that, you know, that attention comes at a cost. Right. And it's that people assume they know what it is before they even look at it.
0: And again, and- I, that's how I went into it was just like, oh, I know what this is. It's a naked guy yeah. fighting bears. Ha, ha ha ha. And then it wasn't. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Rodrigo, go ahead. And that's that's uh, the
2: that's the issue with shirtless bear fighter is that it comes after this idea of like the Chuck Norris memes and mm-hmm. um, you know stuff where like uh, characters are like super powerful, like comically super powerful, right? If this comes after One Punch Man, right, mm-hmm. and it's like. actually, I don't know if it comes after One Punch Man, but One One Punch Man is, like, very popular. So it's like, is this, you know, from the cover, from looking at the cover, it's hard to see if this is actually going to bring anything new other than that really over-the-top, like, you know, Chuck Norris, like, Mm -hmm. roundhouse-kicking-the-world-back-through-time kind of nonsense... (laughs) Um, is this actually going to bring anything else besides that? And you can't tell from the cover. And generally the publicity stuff that I've seen is playing towards that. Like yes, yes. it's so awesome that it's awesome to the max. Right. Uh, rather than ever sort of letting it's like, I, I wonder, I like, I hope that the creators are happy with the level of success that they've had with shirtless bear fighter, because I hope that they, did it on purpose, right? That they were like, we're going to put out this stupid comic, but it's going to say something. And by the mm-hmm. end of it, people are going to at least momentarily have thought about what a garbage system we live in. Right. Yeah. And they did it. They did it to us. You know, <laughs> like we well, weren't but expecting the, it.
0: And it's because of Cosmo Memory who suggested this uh, for um yeah. for this for, for us to review. It's only because of that that I picked up the book because I was that person who who, when Image Comics was sending us the publicity on this, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. A uh, joke, ha, ha, ha. Look at the, guy, look at the censor marks. Uh, he punches bears, ha, ha, ha. And then I just moved on uh, because there was something, you know, quote-unquote better to read, like a Batman or something. I don't know. But, you know, I I think to a detriment, that is, uh, there is a bigger story here that I'm hoping people who are listening to this show, um, you know, the 20,000 of you or however many of you that, that are listening right now, I hope that if you haven't read Shirtless Bearfighter because you thought that the premise was dumb, yes, it does have, you know, kid humor stuff at the top level. But there's a bigger story here that I really got a kick out of. And uh, for me, I, I really feel like everyone should give Shirtless Bearfighter a chance because it is a, it is a, at the end of this first volume, it is a charming book. And I, I, I fell in love with it more than I thought I was going to. So for the me, this is a big book. thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, don't don't squeeze the shirtless bear fighter please. Um Rand what are you, what are your final thoughts on Shirtless Bear Fighter volume 1?
1: My final thoughts are that uh, if you like the Flaming Carrot or you like Ax Cop or you like anything you've ever seen from Art Baltazar then you should probably give this a good look.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh Rodrigo, final thoughts from you. Yeah, it's it's a it's like a
2: nice solid level of absurdity throughout. So even if you're not into the messaging, you're probably gonna have fun with this. It's clever and it does clever things with its premise. Um, it plays with its premise, which is fun. You know, it's not just again, it's not just Chuck Norris style jokes. Again, it's something else. So I would say definitely check it out. Um, or you know, got. In uh, a buying frenzy, if you just just really want a character who is powered by flapjacks, there you go, and uh,
0: and pure maple syrup. It's got to be mm-hmm. that pure maple syrup flown in from Canada. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Shirtless Bear Fighter Volume One. Hopefully, you found that conversation interesting. Uh, Rodrigo is into the Lancer. It's an RPG game where you are uh, in you pilot giant mechs and you punch things and you you know, uh, escort things. And it's a lot of fun. It's a fun game. And Rodrigo has been doing some analysis and discussion of uh, a Lancer over on his YouTube channel. Rodrigo, you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, um, my YouTube channel, Lopez Family Variety Channel. Uh, We've been, I've been putting out a Lancer video a month. I'm already done with the one for next month. Um, This latest one is about the main mistake that people make when getting into the lancer um which i'll just tell you right now it's that they start at too high a level like everybody complains that like a lot of people complain the lancer is too difficult and then when you ask them they're like yeah we started playing at level two and it's like why lancer starts at level zero right so check out the video it's uh it, it goes into it and why it's important to start at a low level and which i think applies to a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of some discussion of where that idea that you have to start at a higher level comes from. Here's a hint. It's D and D.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the Lopez family variety channel. You can find that over on YouTube. Just do a search for that or Lopez and Lancer, and it will come up there as well. Rand one more time. Where are people going to find your Bella via music?
1: Uh, via Bella can be found at via Bella Dot Dot com. Uh, Uh, And again, we will be at FenCon in Dallas, Texas on February 23rd to the 25th. Uh, I would be remiss to not also point out that on February 28th, uh, Crashdown Issue 2 will be in stores uh, with art by Ben Templesmith, writing by Tom Garcia and Ryan Sargent. And I am on the editorial team of that comic.
0: Very good. So the second issue is coming
1: out February 28th from Whatnot
0: and Massive. Thank you again, Rand, for joining us. And thank you again, Rodrigo. And thank you dear listener, for joining us on this show. We would love for you to join us on our Patreon, where even more adventure awaits, including the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show that we've been talking about uh, earlier in the episode. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Spoilers. Next week, it's a general topic right here on Major Spoilers. We promise no corporal punishment. So until next time, remember, we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon.
3: what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star Raven it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in the fun in the Middle East With a king, Santo throwing soldier what a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, wow, wow! What a major spoiler!
0: This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers
1: Entertainment LLC.
0: There we go, and we're done.